This episode of Silly Talks About Science Fiction is brought to you by the bag of chips we just ate while re-watching The Force Awakens. That bag of chips was delicious. you damn right it was. Hi, I'm Jeff Gritman. And I'm Kristen Kist. And we are best friends. Yes, we are, and the co-authors of a science fiction comedy series called Prison, Prison Dad. Dad. That's right, PrisonDad.com. There's a bunch of books, there's a bunch of stories, there's a bunch of things and a bunch of... Stuff. Yes. And some podcasts. Oh yeah, that too. So yeah, go check it out. Check out our fun things. But what we are here to talk about is it's been almost a year. Pretty much. Since The Force Awakens came out. Mm -hmm. And I guess at the time this is going live, tonight some of you will be seeing Rogue One. Mm, yes. We are going to see it tomorrow. Well, tomorrow for our listeners. Yeah, yeah. right. Which is actually Thursday, Thursday for us. The 15th. Time machine! Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, I'm pretty amped for Rogue One. Me how too. About, how about you? Yeah. Me too. And I'm really uh -huh. intrigued because to me it's like the first Star Wars movie where you really don't know if anybody's making it till the end. Yeah, that's what we said to. that in our other yeah. podcast about, yeah. It's scary and yeah. exciting. But, and, and what's interesting is that, you know, a Rogue One podcast has had a lot of downloads over the last couple months. We made it before we saw any trailers. Yeah, we even spelled it wrong the first time we yeah, heard it. Yeah, it was Rouge one. one. Whoopsies. My new favorite makeup. But in in all honesty, though, I, like I re-listened to it, and like most of my theories about the Rogue One still stay stay the same. And here it is, you know, the, like uh, the day before it comes out. Woo! A couple days before it comes out. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Rouge one. No, but next week we'll talk to you about it. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. We're here and talking then, about no, it's Christmas. Yay for Christmas. Holiday season. Mm-hmm. Where there's many different holidays that many different people celebrate around the world. Right, true, true, sorry. Uh -huh. No offense to my lovely Jewish friends mm -hmm. and and those who celebrate Festivus. Festivus. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Right. And other holidays of which I'm not aware. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, we're here to talk to you about One Year Later, The Force Awakens. Yes. Now, there's been a lot of stuff that's come out over this last year. There's been, you know, is Rey and Mary Sue? No! There. I know. Well, we'll get there. Sorry. There's been the, is it the same movie as A New Hope? No. There's your your take on it, which is A Hero's Journey. That is correct. Yeah. It being it's very, very tale. circular. So, we can break it down... Um, Act by act. We said there's three acts in the movie. Break it, break it down act by act. So, and then and compare and contrast. So, you know, so the first claim is like, oh, so some secret plans or a map or something like that is stuck inside of another droid. Right. On a desert planet. But in this case, the droid has the map to find a fallen hero who our new hero has to go and find and bring back to his former glory. It is true. Whereas in the previous film, it was a princess trying to save people from the evil empire and their plans to create the Death Star. Wow, but save, seeking out this fallen hero, though, isn't that trying to, like, you know, save the galaxy, save a lot of people? In the universe? From harm? Wrongdoings? Well, I mean, I think that they need Luke back to continue the battle. But in the last movie, you know, the battle had just sort of begun. I think at this point in the story, they've been raging on for years against the evil empire. And now it's called the First Order. Right. Which is basically like a bunch of Nazi jerk-offs. Yeah, they really are. That's of course, so, so is the Empire, well too. Some the shiny war machines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
There's a lot of comparisons between the Nazis and the, um... Yeah. Are we the baddies? <laughs> yes, you really are. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I mean, so here's here's the thing. If you've studied English or you studied literature, Which... if you're going to tell a mythic or an epic tale, it always has sort of like the same elements. Where you have a hero, you know, who doesn't know much about the world that he or she is now entering, and they're sort of thrust into it, and they are the eyes and ears of the audience who learns along with them. Right. And they have to go through an epic quest, which forces them to change and be brave, and usually have to face things that they fear in order to overcome the fear and become a stronger version of themselves, and ultimately achieve a goal and, you know, become realized as... Mm -hmm who they were always meant to be. So that's always, it's always going to seem the same. I mean, you guys have probably seen on the internet where they have the, like the Star Wars general storyline, but then they scratch it out and change it to like Harry Potter and Hogwarts and Dumbledore because it is, you know, or you could even do the same thing with Lord of the Rings with Frodo, you know, but that's how you tell an epic tale and Beowulf, like the same kind of thing. So yeah, in that general respect, it's the same idea of a story, but that's how all mythic stories work. Right, exactly. So you can't really get away from that if you're trying to tell that kind of story. Mm-hmm. But here, I think it's it's awesomely different because we have a, a female. Oh, well, yeah. That's the one that's going on the epic quest. Right, so we have a female as opposed to our, you know, in the New Hope we had the male on the desert planet did not know their biological parents. Right, but at least Luke had a family. I mean, Ray is all by herself. She's like orphan Annie. Right, exactly. To degree, she doesn't even have a Miss Hannigan. Luke was hiding in plain sight, you know, from the Empire yes. by being with um, Uncle right. Owen and, and Aunt Peru. Right, and he also had Obi Wan on the same planet with him, so probably keeping an eye on him. To How make much sure do you think those okay? two actually interacted? In that, what what do we say? Luke's like 17, 16, yeah, I think 17? He's like sixteen or seventeen. Uh, maybe 18, because his friends have all gone off to, like, military academy. Oh, that's cool, yeah. They all went off to, like... like a college. Yeah, like a college. Yeah, it's an academy. So, I don't think it was necessarily a military thing. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. But they were learning to, to fly, fly and fight. Well, he right already there. knew how to fly. Right, but, I mean, it's, like, another step in that evolution. Right. Because, like, Wedge was there. And he, yeah. He was learning how to go into battle. and That's true. Um, You know, Luke was, was self-taught in a lot of ways, which... The same thing with Ray. Right, you know, Ray, no, that's a good point too. Ray learned how to fly because she was, you know, she had Unkar Plot as kind of her guardian, and he collects parts and had a bunch of ships around. So when she was bored as a kid, she didn't have any other kids to play with. It looked like so she probably learned how to fly because that was something to do, and, and she knows what the parts are and how that they can be used because she was being raised by him. So. People that have that whole Mary Sue argument, like, why can she do everything awesome? She really can't do everything awesome. She's learning a lot of things, like Uh how to use the Force. But it makes sense that she's a good pilot and she can fly because that's what she learned growing up. She had to learn that to survive. If she is a Skywalker, if she is a Skywalker, it might make sense because Luke was good at fixing things. Mm -hmm. And so was Anakin. Remember, Anakin even had that that line in episode two where he's like, Wah! I'm really good at fixing things. This is what I should be doing. Wah! Pretty much, yeah. And he built C three O, C three PO, and R two. So yeah, yeah he, no, not R two, not R two. Well, no. yeah, because R two was already there. But he no, R two was on um, uh, um, Natalie Portman's ship. Went oh, yeah, out there yeah, yeah, and fixed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, he built C-3PO, though, yes, anyway. He so, he, yeah, they were both good at fixing things, so that's something that she could have inherited, being curious. But if, also, because I don't she, think she's a Skywalker, though. I don't know if she is or not. I mean, that's still open to interpretation, but I do think it's telling when Maz says that the lightsaber called to her when it had been been owned by Luke and his father before him. To yeah. me, that's sort of like, okay, if, you know, they're sort of setting that up. And then Kylo Ren also says, you know that lightsaber belongs to me because that's in his bloodline as well. You know, he is the grandson. You know, in the original the original Star Wars script, they were the, the Starkiller brothers. They were the two brothers. One on the light side of the Force and one on the dark side of the Force. I don't think Kylo Ren and Rey are twins. I don't think so either because Han and Leia didn't seem to see her as their possible child. And you would think at least Leia would know that she had two kids. The clue in this is that ship. That ship that flies away during the yeah, but her flashback. I mean, no idea. But yeah. it's, I'll be looking for it come next December. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I just, I feel like, I feel like it's not the same story that we saw before because, yeah, you have, you have a female character, you have the tension between her and Kylo Ren, and you know that they're going to end up, you know, continuing to face off against each other. But in this case, it's not her father. We don't know what their relationship is, you know, and, and I don't know how much they they know who they are to each other, you know. So it's it's not that same sort of, like, gut-wrenching, like, oh, my God, you're, you know, I'm directly descendant from you. So it's a different relationship there. And I think Kylo Ren, too, yeah, he's going to be, he's a complicated character. Because he is, he's fighting the good within him to turn to the dark side. And I don't know, you know, how successful Snoke is going to be in completely turning him. So you think there might be even a possibility of Kylo Ren coming back to the light? Because I I honestly feel like as soon as Kylo Ren killed Han Solo, that was it. He's straight up on the dark side now. There's no coming back from that. I think I think that's what he was hoping that that act would would cause to happen. He said thank you. But I think well, yeah, because and he still thought like I did this. Now I will never look to the bright side again. But I think he realizes that he is not changed in the way that he had hoped to be, and that's why he keeps hitting himself. He wants to cause himself more pain because he's not where he needs to be yet. He thought that by killing his father. And he would, he would, you know, be invincible. Hurt himself so badly that he would never look for hope again. But he's not there yet. He still has to hurt himself more. And I think that he was being a little vulnerable when he said to Ray that he wanted to teach her. I think, you know, there's there's like a loneliness, there's a need in him that that being evil is not fulfilling. I don't think he is quite the the sociopath that he hopes to be. What if Luke didn't train him though? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that's a little unclear from from the sort of that one line line that, that Leia, Leia says, had, you yeah. know, that she sent him to be with Luke because she was hoping that that would help him. I thought she said she wanted him to train with Luke. Yeah, but but to me, it's not clear if that means that he did train with him or not. You know, she's just saying that that's what she had wanted because she thought it would help. Maybe he went and they tried to make it work, but Snoke already was in his head. You know, and and. Sound theories. However, he did, right. you know, and then somehow got Vader's helmet from where Luke had burned his body. Burned his body. The indoor moon. Yeah, so that's creepy. I mean, it's like Snoke had this whole plan set up that he wanted to tear them apart, and probably because he knows that you know one of the children 
is going to be extremely powerful in the Force, and he bet everything on Kylo, I think he's wrong. I think it's really Rey that's going to be the the more powerful of the two this time. Whereas last time, Luke, I think, was clearly stronger than Leia in the Force. She's a a brilliant, you know, military tactician and, and, you know, very good at, at, at planning attacks and being strategists together and strategizing but luke is the more spiritual one and i think you know in this case that's going to be ray well you know i I have a big problem with with the whininess of the skywalkers so let's break this down in a couple things though just going back to what i said we see luke whine that he wanted to go to the pot the tasha station get some power converters and he wanted to go away to school all right, so we but see. That's, but I feel like all teenagers are like that. I whined at my then, mother when she wouldn't let me go to college. I feel like he whined once. Which at, I did go to college by at three PO too. I feel like he he whined once at three PO. I feel like there were three times in the beginning of Episode Four before they even leave the planet. I feel like Luke whined three times. Anakin whined as a little baby kid. He and he whined in Episode Two and Three. Yeah, like, Anakin whined the most. He whined in Episode Two and still got the girl, knocked her up. And then in three, killed all the Jedi, slaughtered kids after whining. Is this where whining gets you? Then we see Kylo Ren, who is, you know, uh, so Kylo Ren is 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 Leia's, you know, Leia's child. Leia's child. We never see Princess Leia whine once. Tortured to me. No, yeah, Princess Leia is just a badass. She's just a tough woman, and she's always been tough. Um, you know, she has, like, humor as her defense mechanism. Of course. Um, but she is brave and strong, and no, she's not going to sit around crying in her oatmeal. Ah. She's going to put her big girl pants on and go fight a war. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Luke whined a little bit, but I think that was, like, teenage whining, and he was stuck in a situation that he didn't want to be in. He had bigger dreams, that, and you know, he's being held back. By his parents, well, not they weren't his parents; they were his aunt and uncle. But by their fear. Of oh, what interesting! To him. Because Anakin felt like uh, Obi Wan was holding him back. True, true, but Anakin was wrong and a douche. So nah. <laughs> awesome. He could have just stuck with the Force and trusted that Obi Wan, you know, was leading him in the right direction instead of listening to some creepy old guy that was like telling him a bunch of garbage, like Iago to Othello. And I'm trying to, like, you know, diddle his fancies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because Anakin was insecure. Yep. And he was afraid that Padma didn't really love him. Yep. So it was was easy to to find, you know, his vulnerabilities and exploit them, and that's what the Emperor did. Uh Uh-huh. And he continued to do that. Uh Uh-huh. You know, when, when he realized that Vader had children that had survived and grown up. You know, he used that as a weapon against him until Vader realized, like, hey, I don't want to listen to this dude anymore. Like, he ruled my whole life, and my life was not my own, and didn't end up where I wanted it to be, because I'm still just his lackey. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, in in some regards, I, I do blame Uncle Owen and Aunt Veruda for not changing Luke's last name. Man. Well, I mean... Because their their last name is Lars. Yeah, right. Wait, we're here to talk about Force Awakens. I opened up a whole different can of worms. Let's talk about the attack on the settlement from the Stormtroopers. Mm Mm-hmm. And compare it to, do you think that's what it was like when Uncle Owen and Aunt Verus, when their moisture farm got attacked? Do you think it was that brutal? I think it was probably a little bit more subtle. I think it was probably more like... More like how, you know... 
when the Nazis would go into a family's home and take people out and probably kill them outside and either bury them or leave them. But it wasn't like a full-scale attack on the whole neighborhood, like what the First Order was doing when that poor older man had the map for where Luke is. They just killed everybody. They slaughtered the whole town. People that had nothing to do with it. Um, the attack on, on Lars on the Lars family was much more focused. Um, they were there to find Luke. They couldn't find him. They were mad, so they took it out on Aunt Beru and, then and Uncle Owen. Who do you think they attacked? They probably attacked the Jawas first. Well, yeah, because they, the Jawas would have had information about R2, and R2 had the it, information that they were looking for as well, realized that, you know, that they were on the... Here's what I always thought. There's the escape pod. There's two sets of tracks because they split up. They go two different directions. Then they probably find the Jawa Sandcrawler tracks, which, you know, it's windy, yeah, it's a desert, but they're probably still tracking that Sandcrawler, pulling right up to the Lars homestead. Yeah. Where the Lars really needed a translator and a astrodroid. Right. And so they figured, okay, droids Binary got dropped off here, they were gone by the time they got to Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's place. Mm-hmm. And so then it was like, okay, we have to find the kid. Mm-hmm. And the kid turns out to be even more important because he's related to Darth Vader. Right. Right. Now, Princess Leia, had changed, her name was totally changed because she was adopted by the Organas. So yeah, only exactly. like Yoda and I guess Obi-Wan knew where she was because the rest of the Jedi had yeah. been destroyed. Well, Bale. Yeah, yeah. Her, yeah. Her, I mean, her parents yeah. knew that they, well, yeah. she wasn't like, really there. but. Like, you know, yeah. I'm sure they kept that on the down low. Yeah, it's not really something to be like, Psst. you know, <laughs> yeah, check it out because she can do put the dishes away without getting up. Yeah, basically. Uh, no, no. Do you? How do you feel about them not having Leia embrace the Force though? Because in a lot of books and lore, Luke trains Leia. I mean, I kind of wish that she did get to explore that part of herself, but I also can understand why she probably felt that it was more her brother's purview because he had gone down that path. And, you know, they were all told that you had to be a certain age to start training in the Force, and once you got past that age, you know, you weren't going to be able to train to be a Jedi in the same way. Luke was, you know, and he could have trained Leia, but I feel like Leia probably, you know, fell in love with Han, and they had a relationship, had their son, and then... You know, he started growing up and having some emotional issues, so she didn't really have time to delve into the Force because she was dealing with him. Her marriage fell apart, or her relationship fell apart. Probably tied to him leaving, yeah. And then she turned back to what she knew, which was handling military situations and, and, you know, doing strategy. (laughs) (laughs) I waited for a second. I was like, did she really? Yeah, I just like using that word. It makes me laugh. You're funny. Yes. All right, so so let's let's move on to some more other comparisons. So, you know, we we got Finn in the gunner position in, in the the Falcon. When it breaks, why doesn't he just get on the ladder and go to the other gun? There's one on the top. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like when the Falcon is flying closer to the planet it's a lot harder to maneuver around in it safely yeah, because you saw like BB eight trying to like strap himself. Right. In, yeah. And you know, Finn and Ray were kind of being thrown about a little bit and, and having to sort of hold on 
It's like um, gravity you don't have to deal with right. when so you're in the I space think, battle. I think it might have, maybe it would have been a little bit dangerous for him to try to, you know, get it out of where he was sitting and find the other gun. And I think he was hoping that it would somehow get knocked back so that he could use it again. Yeah, it's true, know, too. once she got them into safety. So why would he put himself at more risk when it just seemed to be stuck? I don't... He couldn't move it, but if it had gotten bumped... The great you know? thing about that battle, though, in in my opinion, is that the two of them are so unsure of themselves going into it. Yeah, they and then really they just are. rocked it. The whole, they, I can do this, I can do this. Yeah, you know, they had like, each other's back. Right. Um, that was really cool. And they were really brave. You know, they didn't know each other, but they knew they had to get out of a bad situation, so they trusted each other. And they both brought it. Yeah. You know, they oh. both used skills they didn't even know that they had. So we escaped the planet. Star Destroyer is nowhere in sight. You know, I understand. There's a lot of space out there. It's pretty big. Falcon's a very fast ship. Mm-hmm. They're going through space, and then they get tractor beamed onto another ship, just like how the Death Star tractor beams the Falcon onto it. We get tractor beamed onto Han and Chewie's new ship. Right, so this is totally different because it's not an enemy. It's actually just someone that wanted something that was stolen back. And then he is an ally to them and becomes their friend and helps them to continue their adventure and actually sort of creates deeper relationships between Finn and Rey and between Finn and Rey and himself. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, when the when the Falcon got, got pulled on to the Death Star, you know, we were just getting ready to to watch Obi-Wan face Kick it. Darth Vader and, and be ended. Because both of these, we I asked you questions while we were watching this. We're like, what's, you know, when do you think Act 1 starts, Act 2 starts? And really, you know, when the de- they get tractor beamed onto the Death Star, that's the start of Act 2 of New Hope. Mm-hmm. And they get tractor beamed onto, uh, it's, the name of the ship is, is eluding me at the moment, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but as I mean, soon it's as they just got, like a freighter because they were using it. It has a name. And I'm going to remember this. Stars! Raptor really sounds like my favorite like eighties metal band. Raptors. We are the Raptors. Yeah, really. Hello, Cleveland. We look like meatballs with tentacles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. it's meatballs it's, with tentacles. Let me tell you, was a top ten hit in nineteen eighty four. All right. <laughs> it's a great. Metal song sounds like something Gore would sing. I had a meatballs with tentacles patch on my backpack that year when I was four. (laughs) (laughs) Aww, Uh, little baby Jeff, little baby Jeff. Anyway, so that so that's like Act Two, right? You know, we're off the planet. We're into some new trouble, but we find out quickly it's not trouble. Then all of a sudden, of course, because it's Han, it is trouble. Yes, it's trouble because he is still doing that thing where he promises things that he's not able to deliver, but it sounds like he's done it many times to the to the groups that come to talk to him in this instance, which is Conja Club every time. and the Guavian Death Gang. Yes, but it sounds like he's been hedging his bets a lot more than he used to. I feel like Han and, and Chewie were on a real... Like, that ship didn't feel like them. Yeah, I mean, I think they were only using it to transport the Rathars. You don't think it, that that was, like, their ship? No, no, because he abandoned it in, like, two seconds. Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't care about this thing. Yeah, and, and they said they probably had bigger he crew. money on it. So it, pro- it probably wasn't even his ship. He probably borrowed it just to do that. Because he said he's getting, he was getting the Rathars for some king, king that we somebody, never heard yeah. of. So it's probably his ship that he said, hey, go get, go get me these creatures, and here's a crew. But they weren't 
people that Han and Chewie really cared about. Han and Chewie only really care about each other. That's the movie I want to see. I want to see Star Wars Attack of the Rathars. 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 Well, yeah, I mean, like, Finn Finn talks about uh, battle, you know, uh, that involved Rathars, and that must have been a really intense battle. For him to learn it in Stormtrooper school, right? Yeah, I wonder, like, you know... Were the rat were they on the planet where the Rathars come from, and the Rathars just got involved in the fray, just because they were defending their territory, or did someone use them as a weapon? Which it seems like this king was probably planning to do, since he was he commissioned to have them brought to him, right? Like like maybe they'd be like in a moat outside of his. King they could be in a rancor pit in his throne room. Sure, sure. Yeah, he might like to watch them eat people like mm-hmm. Jabba. Right. Yeah. I'm not gonna rule it out. Yeah. I'm be real I mean, there's, there's no Jabba-like creatures in, in the new movie. Uh, well, there wasn't originally a New Hope, either. Well, there was only mention of it. There was a, supposed to be a scene, but they cut it out because they didn't have the technical, technical aspects set up, so they just had some fat dude walking around. And, uh, yeah, then it got graced with us in the, in the 90s, and <laughs> that was lame. No, I hate that scene. I think it totally undercut, like, Jabba's power. Because to me, like, Jabba... It's like the Godfather, you know, and you don't step on the Godfather's tail. Like, he would not put up with that. And the Godfather is not really chummy. Like, he sits there and he says, this is the rule, this is what I asked you to do. If you don't do it, I'm going to get you. Um, not, you know, Han, my bogey, you know, being buddy-buddy with him. Like, no. I, I just really didn't like that at all. So, we, um, you know, th- we see the first instance, like, it's the first, like, hyperspace joke. Mm-hmm. Lightspeed joke that we see where they they jump out of the ship at light speed, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw we see another one uh, near the near the end where they jump onto the planet to get around the shields. And there's right. one actually in the uh, deleted scenes where Greg Grunberg goes. Is there any other speed? No, that's really funny. Because we were talking about this at ChessyCon. Regular ago. speed, light speed. Because yeah, because I was like, why do you need ten warp factors? Wouldn't you just want to get there? <laughs> right? I guess, Like, yeah. Warp 2, we'll get there on Tuesday, or Warp 10, we'll get there in an hour. There's well, a I lot guess, of space out there. I mean, I guess it really depends. Like, maybe you're taking the scenic route, and you want to check out some planets that look kind of pretty while you're floating by. Maybe, possibly, kind or of, Or maybe there's an asteroid belt or something that you have to be careful while you're going through it, so you can't go really fast. I don't know. I mean, there's reasons why... People choose sometimes to, to do 50 instead of 80 when they're driving. Is that like you? I, yeah. Maybe I don't like you going are, that fast. You are a very cautious driver. I am. I am. I'm, I'm a safe and responsible driver. You are. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Yes. All right. So now we're back on the Falcon. Yeah, the Falcon. And then we're having like the opposite conversation Han had with Luke. Where he was doubting the Force in A New Hope, now he's talking about how he believes in all of it. Right, and Because it's real. he's seen it in real. You know, and so he's, that, he's that whole conversation is awesome. Yeah, he's introducing Rey and Finn to the Force. I mean, Finn probably has some understanding of it because Kylo Ren is totally all about the Force, and, and he was, you know, fighting on behalf of Kylo, so yeah. probably some of his training involved the Force, but... You know, Rey really just seems to think that it's that it's a myth, so her information... You know, might have come from traders on Jakku when she was growing up, and who knows, you Stories know, who her parents were before pilots. she was dropped off there, and right. how much they taught her about the Force. We don't, 
know who her family is. We don't know how much Ray remembers about them. Right. Which is really interesting and mysterious. Yeah. Um, I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, so a, we have it's that unfortunate comes... that in so many, like, great epic stories, like, people just don't have good parents. Eh. It's such a bummer. Yeah. Does that mean I'm not going to be a hero because my parents are awesome? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think you could still be a hero. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand why that's, like, a prerequisite <laughs> to being, like, brave and and dealing with hard things. All right. So we go to Maz's cantina next. Right? Yeah. So this is, like, a throwback to the cantina that Luke goes to. But I don't feel Obi-Wan. as dangerous in this. As no, da- it's Like, not. in that it's much like, danger. It's, like, a nice, fun place. Like, there are dangerous people there. Um, people that are, you know, s- snooping and spying on behalf of the, uh... Han shoots a guy, and the other one just throws the bartender a, a coin. Yeah. Credit. And Obi-Wan, like, well, I guess they don't some, take some, some dude's arm off. Yeah. Because that, yeah, because that guy was being very hostile to Luke. Way to call attention to yourself there, Alec Guinness. Come on. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a different type of cantina, but again, it's owned by Maz, who's friends with Han, so, you know... There's a lot of similarities there, here. Yeah, I mean, you still have, like, all the different There's creatures... There's no wolf ...that you don't really get to, like, learn that much about, but you see them, and you sort of see them interacting with other creatures, and this is, like, a commonplace thing. Um, even, you know, some looked like they were having romantic moments, you know? Oh, yeah. Different species involving... Intertwining. Go Disney. Oh, yeah, my. Really. And you have, you know, a games table in this case, and, you know, people having some, some libations as yeah, well, exactly. enjoying themselves, eating some intriguing-looking fruit. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, but I like Maz. I mean, I think she's, like, like a throwback to Yoda. You know, she's very wise, but she's small. And, you know, she's a little bit more of a fun time, I think, than Yoda. She doesn't take herself as seriously. Um, you know, and she runs a bar. And she says she doesn't really know everything about the Force, but she's definitely mystical. Yeah. And, you know, definitely sort of has an, an understanding of, like, the the potential of people and, um, you know, the the trajectory of, of people's lives. You know, she's like like a little Miss Cleo. Mm-hmm. Miss Cleo! So we, we get to a, a similar cantina that we saw on Tatooine, but mm-hmm. this time we, you know... We're we're in a different situation where you know we're more friends with the owner. There's more things laying in the basement. There's something calling to Ray. There's, you know, a midst of all this stuff. During all the attack and all those things, where did all those people go? I don't know. Yeah, they don't really they show the died? people like running out. Also, there's no ships outside. There's yeah, like one other ship you can see at one there. point. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's just some place that people get dropped off um, when they're in between plans for other things, or if there's. You know, some sort of a parking lot somewhere on another part of the planet where everybody keeps their ships and then they walk over to the cantina. But um, <laughs> First Order just, just flew right in there and they didn't really care. Level the place. Level the place. Those beasts! I'm sure they did kill a lot of people. Yeah, because it wasn't enough time for people to figure out what was going on and get out of there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the First Order makes it really clear that they don't care about how many people they, they kill. They don't give a fraggle. Nope. They don't. They don't care about any living creatures. I'm not even really sure. Like, I guess their whole thing is that they just want to have control over everything. They're afraid of anything that's not under their control, so they want to, you know, destroy and kill, so that people live in fear of them. No, it's almost like Kylo Ren has leadership. Yeah, it's almost like Kylo Ren has some inkling about Rey, though. 
this girl that's sensitive to the Yeah, I mean, he that. says, when he said, like, don't be afraid, I feel it too. When I first saw the movie, I was like, that means something else, and I'm not sure. Like, how much does he know about who she is? And how much is he aware that she, you know, has... And has an ability with the force. I mean, and you know that he, that she, that he gets it when he's trying to extract information from her, and she fights him off. That she's more powerful than he thought. But but you know, and he also gets really angry when one of the I guess lieutenants or whatever is telling him how BB-8 got away, and he says, you know, there was a girl, and Kylo Ren says, what girl? Yeah. So it sort of makes me think. Okay, he knows something about her that she doesn't know about him. Um. So, and, you know, and then he also says he wants to teach her. So, it's just interesting, you know, because we, we don't know what happened to these characters when they were younger. I think he's almost longing, because his father's situation is so, you know, odd, we don't really know how old he was when he disowned them, how long they've been separated for, yeah. you know, how or, long ago he did why? this, or, or like, what happened also to is, so angry? is Snoke his father figure, was Luke... Actually, training him first, and was Luke his father figure? You know, um, yeah. We just obviously not Hux. Him and Hux have to be similar. In age. Yeah, no, Hux we just. I mean, yeah, older, we just. Don't, we don't know what happened to have turned him. So, but I feel like Snoke probably gave him some incorrect information about who his grandfather was to he try to said he was control Darth Vader. him. Well, he was Darth Vader, but not how not how his life ended. Because oh, it's true. pretty clear that Kylo Ren doesn't understand that, that you know, his grandfather overcame the Emperor to save his son, to save Luke. For some reason, he doesn't seem to understand or appreciate that because he hates Luke, and he's talking to Vader's helmet saying, Does you know, he I'm hate gonna, Luke? I'm going to finish our, the mission that you started. And it's like, what, what mission? Like, he wasn't on a mission anymore when he died. He wanted to save his son. Does he really hate Luke, though? Does he I ever really he does. say I that? I think he wants to go and find him and destroy him. And when, like, Rey sort of sees that scene of Kylo Ren, like, killing all the Jedi, I think that's that's his plan. He wants to get rid of all the Jedi, so I think he does hate Luke. Something happened to him where he feels like he can't trust the people that he should trust more than anybody else, which would be his mom and his dad and, it's and his all uncle. Li- it's probably all lies. It's all lies. It's all yeah, lies. But some, somehow somebody got to him and 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 his family wasn't close enough to to keep him safe. So the return of Poe in that scene too at the end of end of that I just think my cat every time I see that. Poe so, Poe Poe is cool. Um yeah, yeah somehow so Poe escaped from the he, he said he was thrown, thrown free, woke up at but night. Ja- but his jacket wasn't thrown. His he took jacket his jacket off. Remember he took his jacket, jacket off? Was there, Remember so. I said that to you? Like when the yeah. second time I watched it, I was like, oh there it is. Like that's what I was waiting for. Jacket was anyway, thrown. Can you please compare and contrast for me? Han Solo from episode four with Poe Dameron. Yeah, I mean, I think they're they're very similar character types. They both kind of have, like, a swagger and a bravery about them. Ace pilot. Um, big difference is that Poe is clearly a resistance fighter. Yeah. He's all in. He's, like, Wedge Antilles um, was, you know, in the original uh, episodes four, five, and six. Um, you know, where he's he's all on board. He's got Princess Leia's back. He wants to fight. He is totally understands, you know, what what they're up against with the First Order and how evil they are. He's not trying to shirk his responsibility. He's in it 
for the fight, you know, which is very different from Han, who at first was really just trying to get his money and get out of there so that he could go continue to be a smuggler, you know, and ended up being a hero, right. but was not gung-ho about it at first and sort of had to be coerced into, because he cared about his friends, you know, not so much that he cared about fighting the evil empire, which Poe absolutely cares about. He's yeah. all about it. Um, Poe Force-sensitive? No, I don't think he is, and I don't think Han was either, so I think those are... I don't think Han was either. Are, similarities there. Now, um, there is... Both great pilots, um, both really brave, both very funny and, and um, you know, sarcastic. Um, now, in the lore, there's some talk about how... I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but Greg Grunberg's character being Force-sensitive also. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, once again, I, I think they're too old, though. Too old to actually become Jedi. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, you figure, like... Even though the Jedi were were wiped out by Anakin, there have to still be people in the universe that are force sensitive, but just were never trained. We're, almost like um, what do they call that? When you're, what, what's Hermione when she was? No, her parents weren't magical, but she is. She's uh, mudblood. Yeah, well, mudblood. Mean way of saying it, but yes. Yeah, but like, so like basically, you could have like a mudblood kid. Yeah, it could happen. You would have the midichlorians or whatever uh, that cuckoo bananas crap was all about. I don't no. know, whatever. But, like, but, yeah, I mean, but Anakin, right, the idea is that the Emperor was his dad, so that's kind of interesting, too. Like, do the, the Sith, I guess, you know, have have the opposite side, but have the ability to to imbue their offspring with the possibility of being strong in the Force, just as, you know, the, I guess the I Jedi... I think that's, like, a luck the, of the draw kind of like, the thing. Jedi are not supposed to procreate. That's the so that's then, what I'm trying to get so, at yeah, here. Yeah, so like there there have to be another there has to be another way to pass that down. It's not that's why I think it's like a random occurrence. Thing is weird. Well, that's that's what I'm trying to tell you here is that you know even um, even uh, Liam Neeson even says it in Episode One. He's like, oh, if he was born in the Republic, we would have found him immediately because they're like they were like screening and scanning for these people, right? Who were born with with this potential, I guess. And there's a bunch of squibs so, out there. Yeah, yeah. Are people? Yeah, there's. I'm sure there's people that have potential, but nobody's being trained as a Jedi anymore. And I guess Luke had tried to reinstate that, and then it went horribly wrong because the Sith are definitely still strong. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got awesome battle scene then mm-hmm. on the planet. Yeah, uh, there's nothing really like that in A New Hope. Can't really say like the daytime. That's something else I said, dude. There's a lot of battles that take place on planets and in daylight. And we yes. weren't. We didn't really see any of that. Yeah, you know, no. We saw on a Hoth. Or like all the cool flying scenes of you know the ships kind of coming into and the that's planet a, and that, this day and age. Show that. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have the technology. technology. Right. They used to, I mean, when they did episodes four, five, and six, those were models. This oh yeah. Is, this is all you know computer based. The Death Star was made of a bunch of like battleship models. <laughs> like that's that's yeah. all it was. Yeah. 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 It it's wasn't even like. Lucas himself was piecing it together in the parking lot of the studio. Aww. Yeah. Good old George. Uh, you had so much potential when... Ch- yeah. Oh, those Muppets and Jedi really ruined it for you, didn't they, buddy? Well, but I mean, so, you know, and then we also had the interesting thing come out recently, because I'm reading The Princess Diarist right now, that Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford actually had a affair. How? When they were filming... You know, the, oh, it was the 70s and early 80s. Everyone was doing blow and hooking up. 
Well, yeah, I mean, so supposedly Carrie Fisher says that when she, when they were film, filming A New Hope, she, she only was smoking weed, and Harrison Ford was smoking weed, too, and they drank a little bit, but nobody was doing blow, and he, at the time, was married and had two kids. Oh, but my. that's life. That is life. She was 19. He was, like, 35 or something. Yeah. Um, so she hadn't really been with that many people, so it was her first sort of experience, but it makes it... A lot more interesting sort of watching them now knowing that. I mean, I always had a feeling, but you didn't really know. But, like, Mark Hamill was saying he had no damn idea that they were, like, messing around because he was, like, focused on his own world. Um, So, you know, if he didn't know, how could anybody else? Um, But it, it definitely adds some dimension to it. Um, so like here here we have the big reunion scene. That's what you're building up to here. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so big... And, um, you know, I, I think Carrie Ford and, and Harrison, or, I'm sorry, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford have seen each other around. Mm, in, sure. In between, and she no, has actually, no she hard said feelings. she didn't. She actually said that when they showed up on set, she hadn't seen them in so long. That she I mean, couldn't, she couldn't believe how well they aged, and she felt well, like Well, yeah, she I mean, but it's, yeah, but I mean, I'm sure she's, since she's seen him since. Jedi somewhere at some point in time, but probably not in years because, you know, they're getting on in years. She's like 60 years old. He's 75 or something. Um, you know, and she hasn't been making movies as much. She's mostly been writing and doing like comedy shows and things like that, doing like stand up. Um, and, and he's been in that yeah, terrible Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. No. The first three were so awesome though. First two, Last Crusade has its. Hey, I like that movie. It's awesome. Sean Connery's awesome. Anyway. Anyway, so, we so that's big like reunion scene. You know, you know, so we uh, we have a lot of scenes here that you know aren't reminiscent of Episode Four. Yeah. You know, and then right. so we go to the Resistance base then, and then you know we, you know, this is where we really found out that you know it's it's another Death Star. Well, they even say that. Yeah. yeah. And Poe like shows them next to each other and he's like yeah not so much this one is way way bigger, bigger. it's at least three times <laughs> as big <laughs> I think you made that same joke on our first, very know. first podcast I make the same jokes no lot, no but that's what makes know. it funny Kristen I guess are you mad that you made the same joke no I just don't remember mm, but I think it's funny that you did well thank you friend anyway mm. I don't think anybody else remembers yeah, hopefully not. So we get to the resistance base. It looks like the base on Yavin Four. It really yep. does. Everybody's standing around that pit with a, you know, the projector. The projector that shows the schematics. And yeah, all that good stuff. Uh, I suppose we're probably only a few years away from having that in our offices. Oh yeah, in the real world. For sure. Except it'll be like super boring contracts that I work on, projected up, and I'll be like, look at this language. Or like Supreme Leader so of Trump fearsome. showing up and his face. Yeah. Like, anyway, um, you know, so the base looks a lot like Yavin 4's base. Everything yep. outside of it, and, and everybody you know, standing grimy, and dirty, seriously hiding underground. Yeah, underground. You know, somewhere yeah. quiet and mm-hmm. sheltered. Now there aren't nearly as many uh, rebels this time around. That we you know. see, yeah. I mean, but they do have a better fleet of of ships, and they seem to be a bit more organized. And then they have Poe, who's just an awesome eight, ace pilot. I feel like there was a lot more yeah. ships that went after the Death Star than, than went after you know Star Killer Base. There's probably a number kind of this somewhere on the internet. Mm. You know what else I thought was interesting too is it's like in a contrast to A New Hope is you know our hero here 
she's not the one that destroys the Star Killer base. It's Poe. No, Poe is. So she is kidnapped, and she ends up having to have the the face to face confrontation with Kylo Ren. So she does that piece of it, which Luke didn't face Vader in New Hope. That was Obi Wan covering his butt, whereas Rey had to fight. You know, and she's never even been trained at all, and she had to get in there and fight and kick his butt. Right, because the Han, um, Han Solo. But meanwhile, Poe is is going and, and destroying the Star Killer base. So well, you it's kind of cool because you, you you get to see a bunch of people be heroes, right? It's not just right. So so the princess needs saving in a new hope, but the strong female character in this movie saved herself. Yeah, and then ran into the rest of the heroes, and then she saw her her you know new father figure. Get destroyed. Uh, get, yeah, get get destroyed. But then she and she had to confront yeah. the bad guy. Right, exactly. Luke didn't do that. He no, got away. They he just jumped on the Millennium until, Falcon and realized yeah, that they until were until the next movie. Right. And she's already in it, you know. She's already had to be brave. And a lot of people, you know, they, they say like, Oh well, you know, how can how can Ray really, you know, fight that well with the lightsaber? I said, Well she had the staff, so she knew she was trained in hand to hand combat, so she knew some things and stuff. Yeah, and she's scrappy. She's had to take care of herself. She did not have parents that loved her like the way that Luke had, you know, Uncle Owen and Amperu. You know, she was all by herself, so she probably did have to learn to fight. She's a woman, you know, and there's all sorts of dangerous, shady people around Jakku who want to steal stuff from you, um, and you had to be able to, to defend yourself. So I don't think it's surprising at all that she knows how to fight. Right. She you has know. to. Now, being able to pull something with the force that far, that was impressive. Yeah, but I mean, the whole idea is that she's extremely strong in the force. And the force has been awakening. Oh, my. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny that they had that scene where she gets the guard to let her out and drop his weapon. And it's very much like when Obi-Wan, you know, gets the stormtroopers to let him and Luke go. But Obi-Wan knew what he was doing. She's still trying to figure things out. And I don't think that she does do everything perfectly. I think she's scared, and she's doing the best that she can. And yeah, her best is really good. But guess what? A lot of women can do a lot of amazing things. So <laughs> I don't necessarily think that makes you a Mary Sue. It didn't seem unrealistic to me that she had the skills that she did. Because she wasn't some pampered little princess, you know, being protected and sheltered from life. She was scrappy and on her own. Right. So, what do we want to know? What answers do we want to know in, in episode eight? Who is your daddy, and what, what did he, he do? do? Do we? Do we? And also, what the heck happened to Kylo Ren? What happened to him? Like, what? How? How was he able to come under the influence of Snoke? And why couldn't his parents and and his uncle stop that? Um, you know, how was he hurt? Because he's clearly wounded. I mean, he's a broken person, and so. You know, something happened there. Um, I also want to know, you know, is what happened with Luke? Can he train Ray? Why did he run away? Is it because, you know, has he lost his connection to the Force? That is what or, I want to talk about. Oh. Or is he, you know, to me, I'm also kind of concerned. Does he feel like he's turning to the dark side and he's gone away because he feels like he's a threat to everybody? And and that he can't be trusted. I love you know? the theory of Luke Skywalker ran away to the planet... Because he lost his connection to the Force. This is what I've been banking my money on lately. Because I feel like like that is the only reason why Luke wouldn't stay and fight. And that he would, he would you know, like, move on. 
And I think that he has to still have a connection to the Force because he's going to train Rey. And he can't do that without still being able to attach to himself. But I think that he is afraid that he can't trust himself anymore because of what happened to Kylo Ren. And, and he, either got, he because, got, like, really angry at it or either something. Either because he is feels like he's being turned towards the dark side and is too focused on anger and fear, or because he just feels like he's not able to control his connection to the Force um, and, and couldn't control it in a way that allowed his nephew to learn from him and be safe. Um, but I, I don't think he ran away because he can't connect to it. I think he feels that he's a threat to the people that he loves and he's trying to protect them. Um, I, I don't think that Luke is a coward and that he wouldn't, you know, try to keep fighting if he felt like he could. So, you know, I don't, I don't think he ran away because he's afraid of handling things. I don't, yeah, so that's, so, a, I agree. It's gotta, I don't feel it's like he's be, just like, oh, stuff's out of my control, gotta go right. later. That's yeah, not, I don't think that doesn't right. seem like Luke. Yeah, I don't think. But at the same time, I kind of feel like Abrams didn't want to write any Luke uh, dialogue. And at the same time, Luke is going to be the Yoda of Episode Eight. Yes, totally. He's going to be training Rey in the ways of the Force. And then the other people we know, we know Maz is back. Yeah, we Maz. know Captain Phasma survives she's, and she's back. She's got to rebuild her cantina, and Captain Phasma's got to stop being a jerk. Captain Phasma really was the Boba Fett, like the little dialogue, and like that was the other thing I want to talk about. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. but I think that the kind of cool thing about Phasma is that they just made her like kind of a lieutenant for the baddies. And she's a woman, but she doesn't have to be amazing. Captain, Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma, yeah. yeah. So, but, they, but she didn't have to be amazing and do everything perfect. She's just one of the guys, you know, yeah. which I think is kind of cool. Um, they don't have her sort of sticking out and, and being better than everybody else. I mean, she's the captain, so she leads the, the team there, but... She makes mistakes. She's not perfect. And I kind of like that. I thought that was really cool. Because that's not a role that would typically go to a woman. Right. I, I do like how Episode 7 continued with Han Solo's blatant racism toward uh, droids. Yes. We saw this when 3PO first shows up, and he's just kind of looking at him. And we saw it when he called BB-8 Ball. He said, move it, Ball. Yeah. And like... Yeah, Jeff and I were having like an offline conversation about this yesterday. Um, about just like... I don't know how, how droids are treated in the Star Wars universe because to me, like they are, they do seem like they have personalities and feelings, even though we know that they're robots. So they should be just like you know your iPhone, right? But you know, but Siri can talk, but I still don't really feel like my iPhone has a personality or that I have a connection to it. But I do feel like a connection to BB-8 and and C-3PO and R2D2 now. C-3PO and R2-D2 had actual people in them. <laughs> BB-8 is just computer-generated. Um, He's also but, a puppet at times. But yeah, but I mean, I really do feel like they they make it clear in the Star Wars universe that their droids have feelings and, and connections to others, and people can be connected to them. Um, but some people are, are, you know, reject that, like Han Solo. He doesn't want to treat them like they're... He just doesn't care. Right. I don't think he's going out of his way to be mean to them. No, but it's kind of like somebody that doesn't have pets and doesn't care about pets. Like, they're just like, get out of my way, dog. Nah. Whereas... What are you like, trying to say? I know how you feel about my dogs. It's not just your dogs, though. It's most dogs. <laughs> well, I love my dogs. No. And I also love your cats. So I wouldn't treat them 
Like Han Solo treats droids. Oh, we might be on to something else. Uh, I'm not trying to start a fight. No, but I mean, I really do feel like it's interesting, right? Because because you even see, like, in the cantina in um, A New Hope that they say, hey, we don't serve your kind here, talking to the droids. Mm-hmm. So they're treated like second-class citizens, and they are kind of like slaves. But some of the people treat them like friends, like Luke treated R2 like his friend. Poe treats BB-8 like his pet or his friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's just interesting. It's sort of interesting how they how they are characters in their own right and, and how their experiences are being in this universe. So my expectations of episode 8. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes! I want to, um... I want more Poe. I want to see, uh... I, I sense something happening between, like, Poe, Ray, and Finn. Some kind of, like, triangle kind of situation going on here. I really have this feeling. Yeah, I think they have to go on some fun adventures together. Uh, but I see, like, a, more of a, like a love triangle and someone being left out of it at the end. Whether it's... Ray. Yeah. I actually think it's Ray. It might be. It might be. Especially uh, so, she's going to be a Jedi, because then she's not really supposed to be interested in relationships she should be focused on. Oh. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I want to see that. I want to see Chewie, how Chewie's doing, dealing with the, you know, the, his life without, uh, without Han. Mm-hmm. And then I want to see who's, um, who's next? Who, who dies? Leia or Luke has to die in episode eight. Yeah, probably. I don't know which one, mm. but I feel like one of them's going to. Maybe both. Mm, I think they'll save one of them for the last one. I bet you'll be because Luke I then. think I think Leia has to save Kylo from, you know, she has to be a part of of bringing him back, you know, and helping him to reject the. You can call him Ben. Evil choices that he's made. Ben. Ben. Ben Dover. No. <laughs> as far as parents go, mm-hmm. I'm curious who the parents are. If Lando is Finn's parents, then and that's the only. Uh, black people in the Star Wars universe. Come on, you know, like, come on. Uh, but I would like to see Lando again, though. Uh, yeah, apparently he's. And I feel like I feel like Finn was acting like him when Chewie was choking him because Lando has that same reaction. Racist Chewie because on... he choked two. Yeah. Well, <laughs> non Caucasian. Characters yes. in the Star Wars universe. But, you know, he had good reason for choking Lando. Because Lando, you know, got had Han encased in carbonite and, and got his friends in a dangerous situation where they were kidnapped by Darth Vader. Which was pretty douchey. I think he deserved to be strangled a little bit for that crap. Because he was just trying to cover his own butt. Now, Finn, I think, was just trying to help Chewie. But Chewie, you know, he doesn't do well when he's injured. And he doesn't like to lose. Nah. <laughs> All right, yeah, so parents, to me, uh, not that big of a concern, because they'll tell us when, when they're ready. I kind of want to see uh, the relationships of our friends evolving. Mm-hmm. We meet, we met some new characters. I want to see what new situations they're going to be thrusted in. We're going to have Luke back. I see some more funny stuff. I think uh, The Force Awakens was really funny. I'm looking forward to, to more scenes like that. More silliness. More silliness. More good one-liners. Yeah. Um, certainly we'll miss Han, though. So, that's that's sad. Yeah, apparently Harrison Ford was on set, though, so... Maybe he'll show up like a ghosty. Yeah. You know? That'd be weird. 
Yeah, because he's not really strong in force. But hey, you never know. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm really excited to see Rogue One as well. Yeah, so we'll be going to see Rogue One, and then next week's Star podcast will be all about Rogue Star Wars. One. Star Wars. Star Wars. Love you, Bill Murray. Until next week, remember to go to our website, prisondad.com. Check out our podcast. Read our books. Our free stories. Yes, our books. We've written a bunch of silly sci-fi books. And um, for 99 cents, you can purchase our new story, The Squirrel King. King Part 2. It's so great. On Amazon for your Kindle reader. we got some really funny scenes in there. Yeah, you'll like it. All right, until next week. Later, Gators.